Good morning. I've been looking forward to this. I want to dedicate the beginning of this to Aaron Counter and his two daughters as they grow. These are ten simple rules for dating my daughter. If you pull into my driveway and honk, you'd better be delivering a package because you're sure not picking anything up. <laughs> you do not touch my daughter in front of me. You may glance at her so long as you do not peer at anything below her neck. If you cannot keep your eyes or hands off of my daughter's body, I will remove them. <laughs> I love rule number three. This, this just really fits. I'm aware that it is considered fashionable for boys of your age to wear their trousers so loosely that they appear to be falling off their hips. Please don't take this as an insult, but you and all your friends are complete idiots. Still, I want to be fair and open-minded about this issue, so I propose this compromise. You may come to the door with your underwear showing and your pants ten sizes too big, and I will not object. However, in order to ensure that your clothes do not, in fact, come off during the course of your date with my daughter, I will take my electric nail gun and fasten your trousers securely in place to your waist. <laughs> I just, I absolutely love these, and I've used these. My oldest daughter is here. Uh, I plan to pass these on to her husband, my son-in-law, for my granddaughter. But number 10 is probably my favorite. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> it takes very little for me to mistake the sound of your car in the driveway for a chopper coming in over a rice paddy outside of Hanoi. <laughs> when my agent Orange starts act acting up, the voices in my head frequently tell me to clean guns <laughs> as I wait for you to bring my daughter home. As soon as you pull into the driveway, you should exit your car with both hands in plain sight. Speak the perimeter password, announce in a clear voice that you have brought my daughter home safely and early, then return to your car. There is no need for you to come inside. The camouflaged face in the window is mine. <laughs> I, um, the, these are hilariously funny, but as a dad, they're very, very true. <laughs> Because, to tell you the truth, uh, as we as fathers know, our children are extremely, extremely valuable to us. I, uh, being a father, one of the things that I've always admired and watched in other men is their participation in the lives of their children. What I want to look at this morning is something that I call steel and velvet, uh, the father's role. And as I see my God as father, I see these same things in him. I see the steel of a man and I see, I see the velvet of a man. And you can, you can understand the contrast of the two there. This steel spanks the bottom. 
and the velvet wipes the bottom. The steel enforces the rules. The velvet learns to laugh with mistakes. The steel teaches respect. The velvet stops and listens. The steel makes it earned and the velvet makes it free. The steel is very passionate. The velvet very compassionate. The steel leads and the velvet obeys. The steel sets high standards and the velvet verbalizes approval. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, I see kind of a, a part of the steel where God says, because the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes everyone He accepts as a son. And then, of course, in John three sixteen, we read, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We were in Joshua chapter 7, and I will get to that scripture in just a minute. But we were in Joshua chapter 7 in Bible class here when we first began, when it was first announced that we were needing speakers for today, for Father's Day. And I just, I absolutely love this idea, and I applaud the eldership for something like this because I think we need more of this. Uh, not that we need less of Steve and Jamie. Uh, you know, but <laughs> don't want you to take it that way. But we need more of this. We need more men standing up where their children see them verbalizing this concept and followership of God. Praising fathers, the greatest role man can have. You know, I watch dads take their kids to class. I watch them as they play catch. I watch them as they dress dolls and paint the sun and read green eggs and ham. And I get to watch dads as they wipe tears. I've watched dads as they go for ice cream. And I watch dads as they lay awake on the first date and say no to those shorts. You're not going out of the house in those. And they tell Junior to pull his pants up. God as our Father is an image that's very easy for me because of who my dad was. Because of the fear, then respect, then love that I learned for him and through him. For both him and for God. But unfortunately, that's not the case for everyone today. Teaching school, I seem to deal with every day kids who really could not understand God as a father. And that's where we must find another way to present God. But in our lives, I feel that God, as a father, has done many things. Just as my father with me did many things. He punished, he blessed. He gave commands, and yet he listened. 
He was angered and frustrated. And yet he would relent. He worked for me. Sometimes I really made him wonder why. But most of all, what I understood was that God loved. And God loves. And that's the important part today. I mentioned in Joshua 7, we were studying there and what we were seeing was Israel was taking over the promised land. And they were going through and they were winning battles. And all of a sudden they were defeated in battle. And Joshua had no idea why. We later came to understand that this was because of Achan's sin. But I want to read verses 6 through 9 of Joshua chapter 7. It says this. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Joshua tore his clothes and he fell face down. Here's a man who was the leader of Israel. Here's a man who everyone was watching. Even the elders of Israel were watching him because when Joshua did this, the elders did it right after him. Joshua's feeling sorry for himself. Joshua's upset. He doesn't understand what's going on. And so he falls face down. What I want to show you here, and I guess what I want to give as a charge to fathers today, both myself and and for everyone who is a father, will be a father. This is the charge I want to give you. Because this is what God said to Joshua. In verse 10, the Lord said to Joshua, Stand up! What are you doing down on your face? Stand up, men. We call it man up. It's time to man up. As Jamie said, get off the sissy bus. I still remember that sermon. That was one of the greatest ones I've ever heard. I don't know what you talked about, but I remember the sissy bus. <laughs> get off the sissy bus. Stand up. And standing up means this. In Psalm 56, verse 11, David says, In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? There isn't anything. They can, man can look at me. He can take my livelihood. He can take my career. Man can do a lot of things if God allows it. But the bottom line is he can't do anything more powerful than God. I serve a God who is the most powerful in the universe. He's the creator of the universe. And it's time for us to man up. 
It's time for us to stand up, not just for our children, but for our God.